Good evening. We're going to be about raising children in the word of Yah. Why building a spiritual foundation is so important. And I do want to take a moment to acknowledge my oldest daughter, Angela, and her recent graduation, finally, ceremony um, from high school. And to congratulate her and her boyfriend, Rocky, on getting approved for their first apartment. We have to be joyful in all the milestones, regardless of what is happening in these days. It's okay to thank God that our children are able to find housing and graduate high school and continue we need to continue always to help guide them and be there for them. Of course, they're going to have to find their own way. All we can do is plant seeds. And this, you know, topic that we're going to talk about is about raising children in the word of Yahuwah. As always, you will be able to find the link to the ministry website in the description box below um, the podcast in the description box. Also, it's very important on this post that you go to the website because I have graphs and charts that we're going to discuss. And the first one is a chart taken from the Pew Research Center, which shows the percent of adults who believe or are unsure of their beliefs in the Lord God Almighty. And again, for more information, the link is included at the bottom of the post on the website. So, out of 21,904 people who are absolutely certain they believe in God, 56 women said they believe in God absolutely, and 44% of men say they absolutely believe in God. Belief in God, fairly certain. Again, the sample size was 6,792 people, out of which 42 or 52% of men said yes, they believe are fairly certain. 48% um, of women said that they were fairly certain they believe in God. Belief in God, not at all, or not too certain. The sample size was 1,819 people, out of which 60% of men said they do not believe or are uncertain if they believe in God. And 40% of women said that they are not certain or not at all in their belief of God. Um, belief in God don't know. Out of 274 people, 50% of men said they didn't know and 50% of women said that they didn't know. And do not believe in God, period. Out of 3,414 people, 65% of the men said they do not believe in God. And 35% of the women said that they don't believe in God. And then the other and don't know if they believe in God came from 868 people in which 61% of the men said they don't know if they believe in God. And... 39% were women who said that they don't know if they believe in God. So, why is believing in God important? We are definitely going to get to that. But first, let's look at a table that shows the arrests by sex for 2018. And I'm assuming that since COVID-19... Um, that the numbers for 2019 were not analyzed because I could not find a chart from the FBI database for 2019. So we're just going to blame COVID on that because that seems to be the trend. And maybe next year, 2019, 
um, will be out, and then we'll have to wait for 2020, and maybe 2022 or 23, you know, if we make it that far, which, Lord God, I pray he comes and restores this earth soon. But regardless, let's look. And again, the FBI website is on the ministry website. So you need to access this. Um, for murder and non-negligent manslaughter, there was a total of 7,944 men arrested and a total of 1,105 females. For rape, I assume in the second degree, there's a little two there. Um, you'll have to go to the chart and really analyze it if you like numbers. But for rape, there were 18,487 men arrested and 606 females. Robbery, 57,212 men were arrested and 10,185 females. For aggravated assault, you have 229,768 men and you have 70,958 females arrested. For burglary, you have 109,250 men. Females totaled 26,668. Larceny and theft, according to the FBI, there were 396,062 men arrested and for females the total on larceny theft was 286,455 for motor vehicle theft there were 53,660 men arrested and 15,842 females arson for men you had 5,462 and for females 1,588 females were arrested violent crime um, again there were 313,411 men arrested and then there were 82,854 females arrested for violent crime for property crime, you have 564,434 men who were arrested. And for property crime, there were 330,553 females. Now, when we do not teach the word of God, crime results. Then as a society, we wonder why bad things happen when people shoot at each other or why countries are falling by the wayside all of these st statistics excuse me can be changed when we turn back to the lord god almighty so what does abba yahuwah say about those who have turned away from him we read in isaiah 59 verse 2 through 8 and this one will be out of the new king james version so I'm not chopping up words so bad. But behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you for your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. They hatch viper eggs and weave the spider's web. He who eats of their eggs die. And from that which is crushed, a viper breaks out. Their web will not become garments, nor will they cover themselves with their works. 
their works are works of iniquity and the acts of violence is in their hands their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity wasting and destruction are in their path the way of peace they have not known and there is no justice in their ways they have made themselves crooked paths whoever takes that way shall not know peace disobedience resulted in captivity and we will read that in Zechariah chapter 7 verses 8 through 14 again from the new king james version then the word of the lord came to zachariah saying thus saith the lord a host execute true justice show mercy and compassion every one to his brother do not oppress the widow or the fatherless the alien or the poor let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother but they refused to heed, struggled their shoulders, and stopped their ears so that they could not hear. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law and the words which the Lord of her hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it happened that just as he proclaimed, and they would not hear so they called out and i would not listen says the lord of hosts but i scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations which they had not known thus the land became desolate after them so that no one passed through or returned for they made the pleasant land desolate and then John chapter 8, 42 through 45. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. And then Revelation 21:68, And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end i will give the foundation of the water of life freely to him who thirsts he who overcomes shall inherit all things and i will be his god and he shall be my son but the cowardly unbelieving abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death before we get to how to raise children according to the word of Yahuwah, I want to give you some education and insight as to what's going on, especially in America. Rap music, like all music, is poetry set to rhymes and rhythms. We're going to read some lyrics because regardless of what you think about rap music, men and women use their words and are crying out for change and for better days. Yet, they don't know how to achieve this, possibly, because many have grown up in violent homes where one, and mainly the fathers, or both parents are gone due to drugs and violence. Society has oppressed the minds of many into believing that the only way to scrape by is to lie, cheat, and steal. Equality in society still has a very long way to go. But it must begin within ourselves so that we can understand and end the cycle of violence. Rap music and poetry. Music and poetry are normally not mentioned in the same sentence together, with the exception of hip-hop. 
However, the similarities between music and poetry are far greater than observed by the general public and media. Some of the similarities are rhythm, expression, and emotion. Songs themselves have to be rhythmic as well. Poetry flows just the same. Rhythm is what makes music as well as poetry. The flowing of words, the instruments, smooth melody, all a part of the greater meaning. And to read more about the music poetry connection, there is a link. And I got it from poemofquotes.com. And a brief um, history of myself. Whenever I was in middle school, I learned how to play the trumpet. I was in band all the way up to my freshman year of high school. Whenever I um, turned into a sophomore, my mom made me choose to get a job, which was not a choice. I had to get a job, so I had to leave band. And if I wouldn't have got a job and continued with band, chances are I wouldn't have met the girls' dad or had my children or be here talking to you about the true word of God. So again, everything lines up according to God's will. But what I loved the most about being in band was being, we played all kinds of genres. Like we played everything from Star Wars to Bach to, you know, swing and jazz music. And music just has always been within me to the point that I can't ride without music. I listen to meditation music all the time. Um, I've learned that there are positive frequencies for our bodies and music is just a natural part of myself. So this study has been amazing for me because the Lord God allowed me to put some of the rappers that I grew up listening to or learned about in my early 20s um, who really, when you listen to them, are speaking to you. And that's why this post was so important because Lord God said that we have to figure out how we can relate to the children. And one way to do that is through music. So whether or not you have ever heard of these people, um, please just bear with me. I did not write their lyrics and I chose to try to keep it, you know, as clean as possible. And if by chance they are listening, um, I have the website that I pulled y'all's lyrics from. I know Tupac, God rest your soul. I will always love you unless you're still alive. Then you need to come see me type thing. Um, whatever. Anyway, back on track. So, rap lyrics that are crying out for change and hope because of the way one was raised and lack of social structure and support. And that is what it boils down to. There is a lack of social structure and support. These first lyrics are going to come from the Dayton family. And this is sung by the rapper artist known as Shoestring. And I'm not going to rap, but I'm going to read it. It says, no demonstration on this nation as a murder fest. Got us locked in the jail cell. The others, they were put to rest. I had no teacher. It was like my pops had passed away. Bought me a sweet, snapped his fingers. He was gone away. My house is hell. I used bail down there on Acre Street. Whole hood on ABC. Pops in penitentiary. Caught in the system, he's a victim of his shorty's past. His son's a killer on for realer. You best to watch your stash. 
what's on my mind is my brother's name Rodney King could have been shoestring instead the devil chose malice green can't go to sleep not too deep cause I've been hearing shots down on my block bodies drop it'll never stop the ghetto drama for your mama is a wicked sin God save her soul don't want to say it but my mom's a fiend stand in the rain can't take the pain the stress is kicking in max in the pin because it was all about his dividends life was a struggle had to hustle and sometimes buckle a swollen knuckle locking up was the ghetto couple out to get rich but i'm no snitch no need to drop a dime my future's blind now tell me what's on your mind and that is the lyrics from the dayton family what's on your mind the dayton family is a group from flint michigan here's one example of what occurs when society doesn't care and this is one story that made national news think about everything else that does not the story of environmental injustice and bad decisions making the water crisis in flint michigan began in 2014 when the city switched its drinking water supply from Detroit's system to the Flint River in a, co- a cost-saving move. Inadequate treatment and testing of the water resulted in a series of major water quality and health issues for Flint residents, issues that were chronologically ignored, overlooked, and discounted by government officials, even as complaints mounted that the foul-smelling, discolored, and off-tasting water piped into Flint homes for 18 months. It was causing skin rashes, hair loss, and itchy skin. The Michigan Civil Rights Commission, a state-established body, concluded that the poor governmental response to the Flint crisis was a result of systematic racism. Long before the recent crisis garnered national headlines, the city of Flint was eminently familiar with water woes. For more than a century, the Flint River, which flows through the heart of town, has served as an unofficial waste disposal site for treated and untreated refuge from the many local industries that have sprouted along its shores from carriage and car factories to meatpacking plants and lumber and paper mills. The waterway has also received raw sewage from the city's waste treatment plant, agricultural and urban runoff, and toxins from leaching landfills. Not surprisingly, the Flint River is rumored to have caught on fire twice. Again, you need to visit the ministry website and look all this up. The article regarding Flint was taken from www.nrdc.org slash stories slash Flint water crisis. Our next artist is Coolio, which I love this song, but Again, I'm not going to wrap it. Um, Gangsta's Paradise is amazing. If you haven't heard it, please listen. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Look at the situation they got me facing. I can't live a normal life. I was raised in the streets. So I have to be down with the hood team. Too much television watching got me chasing dreams. I'm an educated fool with money on my mind, got a tin in my hand, and a gleam in my eye. I'm a locked out gangsta set tripping banger. And then I jump to the chorus, which is Tell me why we are so blind to see that the ones we hurt are you 
and me. Let's continue to the lyrics. Power and the money, money and the power. Minute after minute, hour after hour. Everybody's running, but half of them ain't looking. What's going on in the kitchen, but I don't know what's cooking. They say I gotta learn, but nobody's here to teach me. If they can't understand it, then how can they reach me? I guess they can't. I guess they won't. I guess they front. That's why I know my life is out of luck, fool. And then the chorus repeats, tell me why are we so blind to see that the ones we hurt are you and me? If we don't start making a change, this is what's going to keep happening. People wonder why the world is falling apart. Coolio just said it. If people don't understand, how are we going to reach others? We can't. If we're not here to teach each other, then how's anybody else going to learn? A brief history on Coolio. Coolio was born artist Levon, Leon Ivy, excuse me, on August 1st, 1963 in the South Central LA area of Compton. As a young boy, he was small, asthmatic, highly intelligent, and a bookworm, which often made life outside the home difficult. His parents divorced when he was 11 and searching for a way to fit in at school. He started running with the baby Crips and getting into trouble. Even so, he still wasn't really accepted and was never formally inducted into the gang. He tried to make up for it by creating a menacing, unstable persona and carrying weapons to school and his once promising scholastic career would end up falling victim to his violent poverty-stricken environment. It is men like Coolio that fall by the wayside because society is so freaking stingy that we can't even support those who have a promising outlook in life but we beat them down to the point to where they give up and start trying to fit in with gangs and start committing violence because that's the only thing that they see that they can do and I know that's not just in the United States. I know that's all over the world. So again, as he asked, why are we so blind to see that the only ones we hurting are you and me? Because nobody benefits from dragging everybody down. Nobody. Whenever we are arresting people, that's taxpayer dollars. We could be using that money to get the education system back into some sort of truth, but that all starts with putting God back into the mix. Whenever we have educated men and women who separate and don't know how to deal with it because maybe their parents didn't understand that they needed some sort of counseling or some extra help or you know that they actually needed both family members to be a part of their family even if they you know are apart that impacts children if you parent a child you should be able to work together. I know firsthand about that because my ex-husband did not help me with my daughters. He had them every other week like he was supposed to, but he worked every evening overnight. So whenever he was home with them, he slept all day. I couldn't get help taking them to their doctor's appointments. I sure didn't get help with their psych visits or hospitalizations or paying a medical bill when is it going to register when are we going to start understanding that the only ones we hurt are you and me
here's a little history on South Central Los Angeles. Historian Steve Isidari writes about how the term South Central came to be in his book, The Dark Tree. Lured by an expanding economy and the prospect of jobs, the relatively low cost of real estate, and mild climate and a seemingly less overt racism, Isidari states, African Americans began moving to Los Angeles in large numbers after 1900. For the next 40 years, their numbers doubled every decade and by 1940 represented slightly more than 4% of the total population. Right from the beginning of this period, the city was already segregated because of racially restrictive housing covenants written into property deeds. These covenants were not only enforced through the property deeds, the banks and insurance companies also indirectly enforced them through the practices of denying loans, insurance policies, and other financial services for African Americans that attempted to sidestep covenants. This practice is better known as redlining, and it continued well after the covenants were declared unconstitutional in 1948. And again, you can read more about that, but that still happens today, too. And you can't tell me it doesn't, especially here in the United States, because I already know I may be a white female, but one, I'm a white female that has been turned down because she's a single mom. And two, I'm a white female that dates black men and I listen to what they have to say. I listen whenever I meet their mamas. I listen whenever I meet their sisters, if they got some. I listen to the struggle. This stuff happens every day still. And it's 2020. So again, why are we so blind to see that the only ones we hurt are you and me? It's time to wake up. It is time to turn back to God and it is time to make a change first within us, within our home, and then within the community because that is the effect that we have to take right now because our government does not give a crap about us. And <sighs> this post would not be complete without my husband. I wish Tupac. And this is taken from his song Changes because it is the one that speaks to me the most. At least when it comes to this subject. So, Tupac, I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is life worth living? Should I blast myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro, pull the trigger, kill a <sighs> N-I-G-G-A, he's a hero, give the crack to the kids, who the hell cares, one less hungry mouth on the welfare. First ship them dope and let them deal to brothers, give them guns, step back, watch them kill each other. It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark. Now Huey's dead. I got love for my brother, but we can never go nowhere unless we share with each other. We gotta start making changes. Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers, and that's how it's supposed to be. How can the devil take a brother if he's close to me? I'd love to go back to when we played as kids, but things change. And that's the way it is. I see no changes. All I see is racist faces. Misplaced hate makes disgrace to races. We under, I wonder, what it takes to make this one better place. Let's erase the wasted. Take the evil out of the people. They'll be acting right. Because both black and white are smoking crack. You can add heroin, you can add fentanyl with, you know, whatever you're mixing. You can add K2, you can add, you know, whatever else. Do all that. 
everybody is doing it. It's not a black and thing when it comes to drugs. It is, again, the mind and heart thing when it comes to drugs. Back to Tupac. And the only time we chill is when we kill each other. It takes skills to be real. Time to heal each other. And although it seems heaven sent, we ain't ready to see a black president. And this was written before Obama. It ain't a secret. Don't conceal the fact. The penitentiary is packed and is filled with blacks. But some things will never change. Try to show another way. But you stay in, in the dope game. Now tell me, what's a mother to do? Being real don't appeal to the brother in you. You gotta operate the easy way. I made a G today, but you made it in a sleazy way. Selling cracks, crack to kids. But I got to get paid. Well, hey, that's the way it is. And that came from Tupac's lyrics on changes. And trust me, whenever it's a bad day, Tupac and I, we rolling because... He just, he is my lyrical poet. He makes everything, hey, when I, I don't have a man, so I have the Lord God. And I'm reminded through Tupac that there will be brighter days. So Tupac Shakur, the son of Black Panther members, William Gar Garland and Afini Shakur, was born in East Harlem, New York in June 6, 1971. Named after Jose Gabriel Tupac Amara II, an 18th century political leader in Peru, who was executed after leading a rebellion against Spanish rule. Tupac's parents separated before he was born. At the age of 12, Shakur performed in A Raise in the Sun with the 127th Street Ensemble. Afini and Tupac later moved to Baltimore, Maryland, where he entered the prestigious Baltimore School for the Arts as a teenager. While at the school, he began writing raps and poetry. He also performed in Shakespearean plays and a role in The Nutcracker. When society only focuses on the actions of men and women and not why or what took place to change their hearts and minds, we thus become blind to what is happening in the world. Rules who do speak about God, but due to their environment, they became a product of that environment. I'm a woman who grew up with a dad, without a dad, and to be 100% honest, I learned my mother doesn't know or won't tell me who my real dad is. At the age of five, the man I knew as my dad beat my mother almost to death. I recall my grandma getting a call from her as we spent our summers in Arkansas and we had to leave immediately. I recall pulling up to my grandpa's house and my mother was so badly beaten that you could barely recognize her. This man during my childhood would drink, smoke and do drugs. I recall needles in the wastebasket a few times in the bathroom. I know he would steal things from people as he never worked. One day he brought home a Nintendo and it was stolen, but I didn't know this at the time. And I thought how amazing it was to have a video game system to play. Later in my life, I would make the same mistakes my mom did. I would get into abusive relationships with men who would beat me for no reason. I never cheated, but they did all the time. Or they would validate the reason for beating me as I thought I was better than them. According to statistics, I should be a white woman on drugs with no education and on welfare because I came from a broken home the wrong side of the tracks and had children before the age of 20. Like so many people in the world, it comes down to a choice. I had the Lord God Almighty instilled into me by my grandfather who took me to church on Sundays. If my mother didn't bring me and my brother to his house, he would come and pick us up. My foundation was established, yet I made poor decisions because I did not think I deserved better 
due to the way I was raised. A lot of this also stems from generational curses, which will be another post and podcast. Environmental factors in your mental health. Scientists define environment as the realm of mental illness broadly, some going so far as to suggest it encompasses everything that isn't an inherited gene. That's a departure from traditional thinking in environmental health, however, which has historically viewed environmental threats in the context of infectious agents, pollutants, and other exogenous factors that influence the individual's physical surroundings. Environmental threats to mental health include these traditional parameters along with pharmaceutical and illicit drugs, injuries, and nutritional deficiencies, but also consists of psychosocial conditions that relate to the individual's perceptions of the social and physical world. Any number of circumstances, for instances, for instance, sexual abuse, falling victim to crime, or the breakup of a relationship can produce psychosocial stress. But experts assume each of these circumstances trigger more primal reactions, such as feeling of loss or danger, which serve to push victims toward a particular mental state. Feelings of pure loss might lead to depressive disorders, while feelings of pure danger might lead to anxiety disorders, explained Ronald Kessler, a professor of health at Harvard Medical School. And feelings of loss and danger might lead to both anxiety and depression. Either alone or in combination, psychosocial and physiological stressors can interact with genetics voluntarily to alter brain chemistry and thus alter the individual's mental health. Our environment plays a huge role in our development. When we lack solid foundations in the Lord God Almighty, things crumble and fall apart. When we witness our parents acting inappropriate, we tend to pick on up on the behavior they displayed. The human brain does 80% of its growing in the first three years of life. Genetics guide the growth of the brain and the skull, but do not completely design the brain. Instead, genes prepare the brain to be adaptable, hardwiring itself according to the experiences and environment in which your child grows up. Because experiences have a direct impact on brain development, your child is especially vulnerable to negative experiences in these first vital years. Exposure to arguments and physical conflict can push kids into the extremes of aggression or withdrawal. They can develop a deep distrustfulness of others or fall into a persuasive sadness. Their sense of trust and safety is demolished and they begin to see their world as a dangerous place filled with adults who cannot keep them safe. Brown says by the age of seven or eight, these changes in the child's perception of the world are extremely difficult to change. Changing these behaviors later in life takes a good doctor and lots of money, he said half-jokingly. And you can find this at theurbanchildinstitute.org. So, how to raise children according to the word of Yahuwah. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 6-9 And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. 
You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. So Focus on the Family is one of the ministries that has so much information on how to teach children, which I wish I knew what I know now when my daughters were young. But again, I grew up Lutheran and Baptist, and I tried to make sure that they went to church and Sunday school on Sundays, and that was about it. Now my oldest daughter listens to this podcast, and I have the girls read and study And I know I need to do more. So we're all in this together. Um, Anyway, Focus on the Family is one of the ministries. It is created by James Dobson. And I, you know, going through my wilderness back in 2011 and 12, I listened to him on talk radio. And this is what... I pulled from the website. For parents of young children, the journey of raising Christ followers start with the task of instilling respect for God and his authority. The psalmist tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's from Psalm 111 verse 10. While most of us enjoy teaching toddlers fun Bible stories, we can't stop there. Early childhood materials may solemnly emphasize how Jesus is your friend. Warm, fuzzy feelings build affection for Jesus, but they don't build the foundation for spiritual wisdom. And that is important. We have to have spiritual wisdom with our children. We have to teach them the morals. We have to teach them right from wrong and what God says about that. All in wonder and respectful fear of the Lord God lay the groundwork. So how do we instill this respect? God is strong. He can do anything is what you should teach your children. God always keeps his promises. God gives us rules that we must obey. And even if mommy or daddy can't see what you are doing, God sees it. And God disciplines us because he loves us wisdom is the ability to apply god's word to life situations so to grow in wisdom your children must first learn god's word from five to eight add biblical teachings to your daily routine at this age your child probably can learn to love. Make sure you emphasize the following four areas. Who is God? What is truth? Who is man? And who is Jesus? And you can find the rest of this because I am running out of time on this podcast at focusonthefamily.com forward slash parenting Um, And we must be the change that our communities are needing. The first thing we must do is change ourselves, like I said earlier. Before we can even change our children or society, we have to change ourselves. The change begins within us, then our homes, and then our society. Our children are the next generation, and we need to build them up in the name of God so that the cycle of hate, disparity, malice, murder, greed, envy, fill in the blank ends. Because I've worked with children who come from broken homes, who live in foster care, who have lost hope. And it's sad and scary. I've worked with children 
in elementary schools before. Some of them polite, some of them not so much. Whenever we let our children do whatever they want, we are disobeying the word of God. We have to have rules. We have to have a foundation. And your children need that. My children have rules. My children have a solid foundation. They know that they can't do whatever they want. Because that's not the way it works. Your children don't rule you. The Lord God rules you and then you implement his word into your life over your children so that whenever they go out into this world, they aren't wondering lost in the valley of death, not knowing what to do or how to survive. That's what happened to me. Even though I went to church, I wasn't taught what I know now. And my mom told me to figure it out for myself. So here I am. Just like Coolio in the valley of death, not understanding what the hell is going on because ain't nobody here to teach me. You can only learn so much from your Sunday school and minister on a Sunday. When you study the word of God, he gives you all things. He tells you what to do. And on Sunday service, you're not even getting maybe a fourth of the information that you deserve. So I ask you and I pray that you start raising your children up in the true word of the Lord God Almighty. Again, one of the best ministries to go to is Focus on the Family, created again by James Dobson. And you can find that link on... Um, the Lion's Tears ministry website, but it's never too late to build that foundation. If your kids are grown, you go and you tell them, this is what's going to happen. We're going to start having Wednesday Bible studies and we're going to do this as a family and you reconnect with those children. So many people are lost these days. We have to bring God back somehow, but you can't do that if you are not right in your heart and mind as well. So as always, it's never goodbye, but it's I'll see you later.